0: Hey, as we've been talking about in this series all about cultivating community, everyone is adding to or detracting from the communities they're a part of. So we're going to continue uh, answering the question, how do we intentionally add value to the communities we're a part of as we talk through today what it looks like
1: to cultivate community through collaboration. Let's get it. You're listening to Above Approach Church Podcast, a podcast created for the local church. Our goal is to tackle tough church issues through thoughtful conversations like the one you're about to hear. Whether you're a church leader or a layperson, we pray this episode empowers you to play your role within the global, timeless family of God. This is Above Approach Church Podcast.
0: Cultivating community through collaboration, Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you said there's something you wanted to say in the beginning.
1: Yeah, I wish we could have hit reset to last episode like you just did in this one. <laughs> I feel like just for bloopers' sake, we should just add what we did at the end of the episode just for fun. But we might just if you guys are lucky. <laughs> that was awesome. If you guys are lucky at
0: the end of this episode, you'll get to hear the bloopers. <laughs> we had to restart the
1: recording. I mean, you got pretty much a blooper why. episode last episode, so it's okay. Yeah, I.
0: Hey, last episode was amazing. It was. It was. fantastic. Don't let the inner critic no. get to you.
1: You know, I actually listened to it the next day, and I was like, you know what? It's not as bad as I thought, because after I was like, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world, but I, I listened back to it, and I was like, you know, I just had a brain fart, and it happens to the best of us. And it
0: only happened like once. Yeah. I don't even think it happened multiple it times. It felt like a billion
1: times, but yeah, it was really just one. Wow. That was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> it was a good episode, but let's get to this one.
0: Yeah, let's do that. I'm trying to think where to start. There's different ways we could start this God one. help us. <laughs> we didn't pray. So right. now we're praying. Thank yeah. you, Lord, for your help. So as we talk about this last you know, idea as it relates to cultivating community, you were bringing in the concept of collaboration, yeah. which I thought was interesting because Tanner put this mini-series together. You talked about, uh, what was the first one? Connection. Connection. I almost said content. Connections. Yeah. And then the other one was... Uh, Communication.
1: Communication, and this one is collaboration. Yeah, which I didn't communicate well in the last episode (laughs) while we were talking about communication. Yeah. Anyways, inner critic out.
0: I was going to say you did great, Yeah, but you already know that. Yeah. So as we talk about this, is there a certain extent to collaboration? Because um, as people who are, I don't know, we shouldn't want to isolate ourselves. So we mm-hmm. should be thoughtful about how we can collaborate with other people, whether that be in a family setting, mm-hmm. uh, at at work with other businesses, uh, at our church with other churches. There should be a healthy degree of collaboration in your life. Yeah, As those who are part of the body, we are not functioning as individual members isolated from the rest of the body, but we mm. collaborate as the body of Christ. So the reason uh, we're touching on this aspect of cultivating community is because cult- cultivating community doesn't happen through one person's efforts. Yeah. It's a what? It's a collaboration. It's a collaboration. Was <laughs> that? It's time. Thanks, thing. It's a collaboration. Wow. That's exactly what it is. So, as you collaborate with people intentionally, whether as creators or pastors or um, business leaders mm-hmm. or you know leaders of households, yeah. whatever. I don't know why I'm holding this. Whatever, <laughs> whatever way you're collaborating with people, um, you're clobbering them. You're you should be clobbering that Satan. You should be clobbering Satan. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, as we talk about this, is there an extent? <laughs> Uh, a certain extent to collaboration or empowerment that can become unhealthy. And when we say collaborate, uh, you know, I, as a YouTuber, there are ways that I can collaborate with other Christian YouTubers. We can come yeah. on each other's channel. We can do a live stream together. Uh, we can partner in like, a resource we create, we mm-hmm. can you know reach out to each other's audiences and all these different ways we can collaborate in the YouTube space. Yeah. Yeah. but that's not going to translate perfectly into the way we collaborate as families or church leaders or business sure. leaders or these types of things. So when we talk about collaboration, we're, we're frankly we're talking about partnering with people, yeah, uh, to move towards an you know the same common goal mm-hmm. and uh, to accomplish the same thing. So is there a, yeah. uh, a line to draw? In the sand when it comes to who we empower, Mm -hmm. who we platform, who we choose to collaborate with. Ultimately, this can become a question in the Christian YouTube space of who should I allow on my channel and does it mean I'm endorsing Mm. them and Mm. everything they stand for? If I allow them on my channel, am I I platforming them? Mm -hmm. You know, so any thoughts around just the general kind of collaboration and lines, standards we
1: should have and where those those lines are. Yeah. I think you have to know who you're allowing, who you're empowering. Um, who's going to be, I guess in an example, like within a church, who's going to be leading your people. Um, like for example, like if you were to bring in a guest speaker, that would be empowering somebody else. Or if you were to allow like, uh, another staff member to come and, you know, preach on stage, uh, what are they about? Um, You know, are, are they in line with your mission? Are they in line with your, the the purpose of what you're doing and your leadership? Um, Are they on, on track, you know, in their, in their faith walk or like, there's just different, you know, questions that you have to ask yourself as you're going through this, because I don't think you just let anybody do everything, right? I think it takes a process of discernment, asking yourself, is this person mature enough to take on the position that they're, that they're taking on? Um, I'm trying to think of other examples of, of, you know, what it might look like to empower somebody, but basically are they in the right place in the right heart, um, in the right season of life, even, um, to be where you're empowering them to be. Does that make sense? So when you say collaboration, you're thinking of
0: empowering people to do something. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I okay. mean.
1: I mean. That's an element of it. Yeah. And I think also like who am I collaborating with? Like if it comes to um, like groups, like if it's another church, am I collaborating with a healthy church? I think it just goes in all different aspects. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not just like an individual person that I'm empowering, but it's also like who am I partnering with? So I think you know those are two things that you can look at. It's empowerment. It's partnership. And I mean, I don't, the list kind of goes on with that. Endorsing is all
0: collaboration and, and, and a a complete endorsement of the person and their beliefs. Like if I collaborate with someone, let's just see where this conversation goes. If I, Mm. if I, as a YouTuber, Christian YouTube space, I I bring someone on my channel that doesn't fully align with my theological beliefs and we're just having a conversation, maybe Mm. they're Catholic. Um, does me collaborating with them in sharing my platform to have a conversation, does that mean that I'm endorsing everything they stand for and
1: why? I don't think so. Um, But you have to be careful with the position that you give that person. Like, so if I'm, if I'm interviewing somebody that I don't necessarily, you know, uh, theologically align with what is the conversation about or like, how are they lead? Are they leading the conversation I like I don't know I don't I don't think I would give them necessarily that that uh, power on my like to use my platform to you know speak on their opinions and you know I guess like force that on on my audience if that makes sense so Mm -hmm. I think there's a healthy conversation to be had. And I think that should be allowed. I don't think you should, you know, force that away or not give that opportunity for people to, to come on the platform. And I think that also comes with kind of what we were talking about, you know, a couple episodes ago with, um, connection if like allowing people to come in who might not necessarily quote unquote fit in. We kind of talked about that because there's a healthy, um, conversation to be had and it might be a tough conversation, right? But it might be good to grow your community and connect your community. So I think that is important. Um I don't think you should shy away from those conversations at all. So or even opportunities. So
0: yeah, having someone as an interviewee is different than uh, giving them a lead pastor position in a church. Yeah. You know, there's degrees of collaboration. Mm-hmm. And that's what hopefully this conversation will open up a new category for you guys as you as you listen. Just that um you're not giving when you partner with people there's degrees of partnership. Sure. There's levels of collaboration and endorsement and yeah. approving of where they stand and such. So mm-hmm. we need to be thoughtful about as families. Let's just say you're a you're the head of a household. You're a dad. You're you're trying to carefully help your kids navigate life and teach them uh, the scriptures. And um, you're thinking of collaborating in one sense. That's the appropriate word. You're thinking mm-hmm. of partnering with a family. To uh, I don't know accomplish a certain mission or hmm. go on a vacation or mm-hmm. um, in that sense you're 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 partnering with them to do something yeah and so we have to be thoughtful about how we are cultivating a certain community like for instance in my household by allowing um, that family to have continual I guess access to my family mm-hmm. you know by bringing them into my home mm-hmm. on a weekly basis for say house church or or whatever it is. Uh, by allowing that collaboration, that partnership, as we build a church or start a Bible study or whatever it is, it is going to have an impact on, you know, my household community that yeah. I'm trying to cultivate and such. So we need to be thoughtful. And I think there should be a line in the sand where we say, you know what, I, I don't want to empower the wrong person too early uh-huh. or even the right person too early. I mm-hmm. don't want to platform the wrong people. I don't want to collaborate with people that, you know... Um, Theologically we don't, you know, you know, align on the primaries, so I probably won't do a conference with them. Yeah. I probably won't go out and, and preach the gospel with them in the streets because they're preaching mm-hmm. a different gospel mm-hmm. if they are, you know. Yeah. So we have to be thoughtful of these things. We're yeah. just that we want to be people that partner with each other the way God partners with humanity, but we should also be thoughtful and uh very careful about who we partner with because God mm-hmm. is careful about who he partners with in That's the good. world and who That's he good. brings into his, you know his plan and who he allows certain access to certain things. So yeah. uh, another question becomes, you wrote this down, I like it. Oftentimes collaboration can lead to members of your team. Let's say you're running a, a business, you're, you're a manager, or you're leading in a church, right? And leading a team oftentimes collaboration can lead to members of your team feeling a sense of belonging and mm-hmm. empowerment, right? Mm-hmm. When you're collaborating at the, as youth ministry with the volunteers, you're collaborating to put on an event. You're collaborating to run, you know, youth group on Wednesday. You're collaborating yeah. to disciple kids, right? So how can we be harborers of empowerment without being taken advantage of mm-hmm. in the process? Yeah. Um, and I am always down for, you know, in youth ministry, that's, Technically, what we did, I was leading, but we were also, it was a collaboration. It was a collective effort to disciple yeah. kids mm-hmm. and to put on events. Mm-hmm. So I do see it as both and leadership is also choosing to collaborate with people and, 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 you know, have a degree of authority to move them toward a certain goal. Yeah. And so, um, I think we can be harborers of empowerment without being taken advantage of, mm-hmm. um, by being, careful and considerate about mm-hmm. who we're collaborating with what yeah. they believe where they stand yeah. uh, where they're going the direction their life is leading yeah. um, and also like again set some standards not mm-hmm. everyone can have the same degree of access to yeah. my family to yeah. um, the, the ministry that God has stewarded to me to mm-hmm. the leadership position God has given me and, and other positions in, in, in the business you know not yeah. everyone can have equal access mm-hmm. so there, sometimes I will have to say no Mm -hmm. That is the easiest way I can answer that is be willing to say no to certain collaborations as I have. Uh, Certain people want to partner with me as a YouTuber. They want to throw their merch at me. And I've had to say no to certain people because I don't like the values they have. Mm. Could have been an, an easy buck. But I chose to have standards and say no to certain people Mm. because of what they stood for and I couldn't just let that slide by. So in that sense, I would have been collaborating with them to help promote their merch or services or whatever. Sure. Um, And I said, no. Yeah. And you have to be willing to say no. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a standard for why you say no and you don't know why you would say no to someone, Mm -hmm. figure that out fast. Yeah. Because you're just going to be loose letting everyone in and when you do that, uh, the wrong people get in and have the access to leadership and stuff that they shouldn't have. Sure. And Paul talks about this in with the Ephesian church, that certain people are going to creep in, and even from their own congregation, they're going to you know, rise to certain positions of authority and essentially collaborate with each other to begin deceiving and manipulating the church, mm. and Paul warns them. So that's just a, an example that comes to mind. But. Yeah you go ahead.
1: Yeah. I think being a yes man, uh, can be dangerous as a leader because you're empowering the person to think that they've almost like overpowered you. Um, and I don't think like, I don't think it's that serious every time. Right. Like I think there's actually, again, this aligns very well with the last question because there is a, there's borders, there's standards that you need to set as a leader. Um, and I think there's a healthy way, um, to collaborate and, and, By that and empower. Um, And I think what that means is like, if you're again, like a youth pastor, um, I think if your ministry can operate without you, you're in a healthy place. Mm -hmm. Um, Like if you have set your volunteers or your, you know, your other leaders in a place where they can also operate and run the show in a sense, for lack of better terms, if they can do that without you, like, you know, there being present, I think that you set your leaders up, um, successfully for the, you know, for the future, because they have also been equipped to do the things that, that, you know, you as a, as a ministry or as a, a team have been trained up to do, if that makes sense. So, um, but along with that, being a yes man and being to the point where you're, you're, not setting boundaries and you're, you're so wide open that, you know, people just start taking advantage of you and they start overpowering you and, you know, running you over like completely without you having any sort of, you know, uh, accountability towards them. I think that could be dangerous for your team. I think it can cause division. And I also think it could plant seeds, you know, to the audience that's receiving, you know, your ministry or whatever it might be. Um, and I think, I I just think it's dangerous overall if, if you're not, you know, holding those people accountable or even just, you know, simply said saying no. Um, I think it's important to say no and set those boundaries as a leader. So Mm -hmm. let's think about this in a family setting because
0: that's where my mind goes is for people who are, you know, you're just attending a local church. You don't have any degree of leadership or you're not a creative online or anything like that. You know, you're going, how does this affect me? Well, let's think about how the community of uh, any community is impacted by who you collaborate with Mm -hmm. Um, there. Anyone that you choose to partner with in any degree is going to have a kind of impact on the, on the culture and the community you are leading. Mm -hmm. Um, It will uh, either clearly speak to what you value um, or it'll be some unwritten, Kind of, I guess we tolerate this because we're letting them in and we're letting them kind of run the show and talk mm-hmm. from the pulpit. So mm-hmm. I, I guess this is okay. Yeah. And so what you allow becomes what the community or culture begins to tolerate, and what you stand for will also speak to in a positive way the culture that you're setting. So, yeah. you know, I think about it as a family. Back to what I was trying to say, um, we should begin to view. The culture and that we're trying to create in our household or at, at work or whatever it is, we should view that as, hey, this is not just on me. Mm. I want to collaborate with the other people that are a part of this community, partner with them, at, like God partners with us in the gospel and lets us be a part of his work. I want to partner with my children. I want to partner yeah. with my wife um, to you know cultivate a kind of community and and establish certain values in our household but it's not just on me to do that and to mm-hmm. tell people what to do i want to involve them so collaboration becomes not you know, uh, being a dictator and telling people where to go and what to do at this time, but to say, hey, there's an opportunity for you to partner mm. with me mm. in my desire to make this a better home environment where, yeah. you know, um, there's less anxiety and there's less judgment and less hypocrisy. So I'm asking you, son, to step up to the plate when A, B, and C happens. And can you help? Can you mm. partner with us? Yeah. Can you partner with mom and dad to make this culture and in this household for your sister and for your brother, what, what we want it to be, you know? So you have that conversation with not just leaders at, at church and, and and employees in your organization, but you Mm -hmm. have that conversation with the people in your household and you, you start to view the people in your spheres of influence and communities as, Hey, those are people that I can collaborate with to make this a fantastic environment and culture yeah. And, yeah. and atmosphere for everyone. And it's not just on me just making sure everyone you know, fits in their position and doesn't get out of that. Yeah. It's on me to invite them mm-hmm. you know, to step up and to do in a unique way what God has called them to do to make this culture better. So, yeah. you know, in the same way that I might have someone on my YouTube channel, we're collaborating and I'm trying to give value to the people God has entrusted me to lead mm. and I'm partnering with someone else who I think will add value. That's yeah. that's what collaboration becomes. Is I see the potential for someone else in my sphere of influence, even my children, to add value and mm. to um to build up this community and to help me cultivate a certain culture by them playing their role naturally with, Mm -hmm. with my, with a degree of guidance from me, but I'm not dictating and overseeing that like some mob boss, there's a freedom in that. So
1: just some thoughts, anything else before we jump to
0: question number
1: three? I don't think you, you don't, um, you don't empower somebody to to make them feel good. You empower them to equip them for the future, and I think that's one of the coolest moments is when you like as a leader empower somebody and you see them you know run with that uh, for for years for months you know for, for however long and you just see them grow and mature through that because you took the step in your prayer and your discernment and you saw the opportunity for them to be equipped and to mm-hmm. um to drive with that. And it's mm-hmm. it's so cool when you could see that, you know, um basically it's pretty much, you know, a moment of uh, fanning the flame. Uh you know, they might have that that you know that little flame in them that's excited about ministry, that's excited excited about parenthood, that's excited about, you know, being a, a husband or a wife, and you just see them, you know, run with that opportunity. And I think in a group setting, it's so cool, because when the leader empowers another leader... The other leaders are inspired because they see this other person that is inspired by being called to this certain thing or, you know, pushed and motivated and inspired in this certain thing. And that's, you know, honestly, this all connects, you know, uh, you know, pun intended. But like th- then you start connecting, you see the connection through that and then you start communicating better. And it's all like this, this awesome, like collaborative effort of like this circle of, you know, connection, connection. Communication, collaboration, and it just it, it unifies the group that you're a part of. And it's cool when you you take those small steps that lead to you know more and more wins as a mm-hmm. team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think you know, taking those small steps of investing in somebody, empowering that person, equipping that person with with truth and with love, and sometimes it's even correction in a sense. I think collaboration can also come with correction and leading that person in that mm-hmm. certain sense. Um, it might not, you know, come in, in ways expected like that, you know, but sometimes it does take correction to point that person towards, you know, you know, equipping them and, and where you feel like they're supposed to be, you know, so I, that's my thoughts on that. <laughs> when, when you see something as a collective effort, um, you make more progress. Mm. When
0: you see something as this is all on my shoulders and I got to make everyone say yes to the mission, that's draining. It's exhausting, yeah. that's limiting, um, that's going to cause you to burn out so quickly, and you guys will not make as much progress as you could. So a good example, in because I know some people are going, well, I'm not a leader, well, I'm not. You has still have equal potential to collaborate with other people in your church community who might not be leaders, mm-hmm. but you can take on a leadership responsibility in terms of, I'm going to be, I'm going to... Um, hold myself accountable for making this community better hmm. by my, by using my gifts and service. I, I know that I'm a part of this for a reason. God's yeah. used me. He's called me. So I'm going to rise to the calling and I'm going to do my best to collaborate with, uh, you know, the, the elders in the church community uh-huh. and say, how can I partner with you and not just run a group on my own and go, well, my studies are my thing, but how can I collaborate? A good example would be in our, our home life. We're trying to teach that prayer is a value. It's not just uh, a a discipline. It for sure is a discipline, but it is also a value, a deep value of our family. So what we try to do is pray as much as we can before meals, when we wake up, when we fall asleep, uh, to just talk to God throughout the day and make that like just, hey, this is something that, you know, mommy and daddy love and and, and they grow to love it themselves. And so one of the ways we... Collaborate, you might say, with our children is not mm. by saying, hey, mommy and daddy you are praying right now, so mm. shut up. <laughs> we actually say, you know, who would like to pray? We invite mm. them to rise to the occasion, yeah. to step up, and to do something that would um, help our collective effort as a family to grow in prayer. Mm. And so you'll see something like, at dinner, Layla goes, I pray, and she talks forever. <laughs> but man, that prayer is so genuine and real, and she's talking to God, and we go, wow, that's a 3 year old and mm-hmm. i love it and and that's because we're inviting and giving them opportunities to collaborate with mommy and daddy instead of seeing mommy and daddy as just these dictators that like restrict us and and, and we're yes men we're like oh we are a family this is a collective mm-hmm. effort to grow towards jesus yeah. and to grow in prayer and all these different things <phone rings> what does it look like for us as creatives to add collaboration to our communities? Um, specifically referring to those who are, you know, creators in some capacity. Mm. And however you qualify that and however, whatever you define that as, if you would say, I'm a creator. Okay, listen, what might be some examples of collaborating uh, in a collective effort as fellow creatives to make something happen? Mm. And, um, you know, I guess uh i i have a buddy who is in california who makes uh cool music he, you just heard his song and what we've done is we've without really like labeling it as such it is what it is we've collaborated mm-hmm. i have a podcast i said hey i love your your christian music I love the, the the title of the soundtrack. I love the feel of it. love the emotional pull. Can I use it? Sure. We have, therefore, decided to collaborate because he wants to encourage people in their faith. Mm. He wants to love God and help other people love him. He wants to disciple. And I also have those values. So we're coming together and I'm saying, I speak, mm-hmm. you create music. Let's combine that in a collaborative effort to... Uh, You know reach people with the gospel And encourage people in Mm. their faith You know so that's one example um, Of a, a church example Which is what comes to mind for me are you know a uh, several churches coming together to put on a conference for the weekend? Yeah, and you're going church ain't about just us. Jesus doesn't just love us. We are a global body, and we want to encourage that mindset in our people mm-hmm. by bringing other churches to be a part of this uh, event and not just attend but to serve. Yeah, to think about recruiting people to play a role to use their gifts. We did that, and it becomes a community yeah. effort yeah. beyond just the walls mm-hmm. of your church. So. Yeah you know as creatives we should be thinking and I, and i really mean this we sh- we so isolate ourselves from the rest of the world when we have any platform or talent or skill or opportunity to like display our expertise and it's like me and no one else mm. and i think we're very much limiting ourselves yeah. when we see only ourselves mm-hmm. and not other people we can partner with to benefit their audience and their mm-hmm. people, and and to you know encourage the church from different angles. We really need to be thinking about as business leaders, as church leaders, as pastors, as families, and how can we begin partnering with other people that are like-minded in the yeah. same season and place we are, have the same values, and you know love God like we do. How can we yeah. intentionally create this space and opportunity? For collaboration, that's mm. that's where I would say um, creatives can do better. Yeah, it, collaboration is usually only done because of the personal gain that's in that's involved for for the person. Yeah, they're like, how can I get my book sales mm-hmm. up? How mm-hmm. can I get people to subscribe? Well, I'll jump sure. on someone else's channel that has a butt ton of subscribers, yeah. and I'll pitch my book and I'll tell them how awesome I am. Mm. When we should be seeing collaboration as like, hey, uh, who? do I know in my sphere of influence or who do I know at a distance that has the values that I do? And I'm not interested in the personal gain and profit that I get, but I'm interested Mm. in how can we almost come together to multiply, exponentially multiply Mm. um, our impact on the communities God's entrusted to us. So I just think Mm. we should be more intentional about that as creatives because uh, we can be so... um, narrow-minded and self-centered when creatives naturally are just kind of engulfed in their talent and and skill and expertise and they forget, Oh, there's other people that I can partner with, um, to, to, to create something Hmm. beautiful. I couldn't otherwise on my own. Yeah. So I don't know thoughts.
1: Well, so I do have like a kind of a question off of that, that I want to hear your like thoughts on, but, um, is it acceptable for Christian creatives to collaborate with worldly creatives? I knew this was coming. It's a tough question, and it's a big debate right now, actually. The <laughs> simple answer
0: is absolutely. Yeah. The simple answer is absolutely. Yeah. But again, there's... De- Why am I holding this cream again? This just, I guess, is my safe space. <laughs> I used to have a little puffy. I'd suck my thumb at night, and I'd fall asleep. Okay. It's my this safe space. There's
1: a button. This... <laughs> What yeah. Oh Lord.
0: (laughs) Jason holds his cream. My safe cream. (laughs) I only brought that up because you know, the kids need their safe space and I'm holding this tissue bone cream for like the back of my knee and for some reason I keep going to it. But you know what? There's something about this that is special. I'm collaborating with it. Okay. And I hold this to trying to remember what I was saying about degrees of collaboration. Yeah, with... uh, Remember how I said that earlier? I said not every partnership, not every collaboration is is not only not an endorsement, but also Mm -hmm. not every partnership is of equal weight and Mm. of equal intensity. Okay. Uh, So what I mean by that is I can collaborate with someone who is a non-believer Okay. And recruit them for their graphic design, collaborate with them to design my thumbnails for my YouTube channel, Hmm. and they're having zero, like, I'm the one evaluating the thumbnails, looking at it, making sure, like, it's it's godly and theologically sound and it won't trigger people's, you know, addictions. And I'm I'm looking at it, but they're using their expertise and gift Mm -hmm. in collaboration with me and my gift to make something that reaches more people. That's different than me collaborating with Tony, who's an atheist and has a channel of 500,000 people. And I'm saying, hey, come on my channel and tell people why they shouldn't believe in God. Yeah, That's very different. Yeah, And so there are degrees of collaboration. And I think when it comes to not partnering with the world, that's not the way I want to frame it up. When it comes to intentionally uh, praying Mm-hmm. And asking God about a possible collaboration, mm-hmm. and there's comfort, there's peace, there's there's the Spirit leading me there, and I know this is an opportunity to to, to show the light of Jesus and the love of Jesus to this unbeliever, yep. and they have a gift, and we can collaborate. Then I I'm going to trust that God knows what He's doing, and this goes well beyond just the art and the and whatever it is that's going to be. Because think about this: yeah. like we use. Uh, not use, that's the wrong word, but we utilize the, mm. the talents and the skill sets of unbelievers on a daily basis in, mm-hmm. in ways that we're unintentionally collaborating, yeah. not just in the marketplace, but when it comes to anything we're creating, hey, you're using something like Canva. Guess what you're doing? That's it. Mm-hmm. That's actually like, a, a, that's not run by believers. I'll say that, yeah, you know? know, or you're using something like Photoshop or th- these are tools that you're working into mm-hmm. what it is that you're creating. Yeah. So good luck getting around that. Yeah. The, the point is, we should be thoughtful, careful, and prayerful mm-hmm. about who we choose to partner with yeah. and the implications of that, and also the impact I'm having on them to hopefully lead them to Jesus or plant seeds. Yeah. That's more important mm-hmm. than what we collaborate to make. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I think... Some of the coolest like Christian art has been when a Christian artist has collaborated with someone that is in either secular art or just secular entertainment period. You see it in music all the time. Like someone like Lecrae, he has used secular uh, producers and has created some pretty awesome songs and impactful songs that has helped people grow in their faith in Jesus or even turn to Jesus. So he's been called our,
0: lukewarm for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's had a lot of backlash for it. The chosen recently has gotten a lot of backlash because of people that support, you know, different groups that, you P-R-A-D. know, ID. Yeah, exactly. P-R-A-D-E. That, that people don't agree with. And so, but the chosen has been impactful debate it or not, like whatever you think about it, it has been impactful to people. People have turned to Jesus because of the show. So whatever your thoughts are on it, I love you, but I mean, it still has been impactful because The Chosen hasn't restricted who they choose to collaborate with because Mm -hmm. they might not necessarily agree with them. So From what I remember, Dallas addressed the fact that the person waving a pride
0: flag or whatever was attached to his set of tools or machine that he was using for, 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 um, whatchamacallit, like designing the, the background and and the, all that. Yeah. Like, so it has, mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with them endorsing that person and their beliefs. It was like, Hey, Hey, can you come do this labor for us on site? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then this guy happened to have a pride flag attached to his tool set or whatever it is. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. The tent that's, or not, like that. that's not yeah. the chosen endorsing homosexuality yeah. or you know Pride Month or mm-hmm. even this guy's beliefs. He has a he has a, 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 whatchamacallit, a and call a skill set and could do labor. They could not. So you're yeah. just going to be like, we only ask Christians to do work. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous because mm-hmm. now you have to be very – every decision you make mm-hmm. in the marketplace, when you go do business and buy food and banking, yeah. all that, the apps yeah. you download,
1: you have to make sure they're Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Even the phones you buy were <laughs> created it's, by. It? It, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's impossible to not touch secular creators and, and being and endorsing – not necessarily endorsing in their product. I guess the better word is collaborating – <laughs> by buying their phone. I guess that's like a better way to say it, but it's almost impossible to, to not because I mean you're just you're in a secular world. You're in the, you're in the world, so it's almost impossible to not, you you're know, to use
0: tools and software yeah. into in integrate that into your platform and your church community that are designed, developed, built
1: by unbelievers. Yeah. yeah.
0: They're not endorsing their belief system. Yeah. Um I think it's actually a gift of God's grace that he allows someone like that to produce something of value that is even useful to the church. Mm. And then through that, God can do a lot. Okay, yeah. God is a big boy. Mm-hmm. The last question is, are there examples of empowering people that you can remember that became a benefit to your community? Mm. And then the flip side also, are there any negative examples? Um, negative examples off the top of my head, no... But positive mm. examples of empowering people that you can remember that became a benefit to the community, absolutely. In youth ministry, you you work with people from the age they're in seventh, you know, the time they're in seventh mm-hmm. grade all the way up to being seniors. And all of your discipleship and, and training and loving and serving, it ends up being that if they stick around, mm. you've essentially invested into the ministry and the community. Yeah. And you don't do it, you know, you don't love them because you're like, I hope I can use them as an asset later. Yeah, it just happens to be that hey, uh, someone you you know collaborated with uh, slowly over time by giving them degrees of responsibility. Now they're actually a part of the community mm. that um, you know in a leadership capacity that they've been a part of for a long time as students. Yeah, and and that's tremendously valuable when you when you know and trust the person you've invested time into. So I, mm. I do believe that. Collaborations, connections, partnerships, all these ways of relating to people can in the future end up coming back around Mm -hmm. and uh, tremendously impacting. Uh, the communities, the environments, the, mm. that, that we're a part of, and even our own future, and go, yeah. Whoa, I, I didn't think about this. Yeah. I, I just loved you. Mm-hmm. And I, and I wanted to partner with you and giving you an opportunity to share your voice and, and, and lead worship. And now you're leading worship at a church I planted, and this is not something I ever anticipated. Yeah. You know, so you never know what God will do in the future of your community or, or your life, uh, with small collaborations. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout your life you, yeah. you don't know what it will lead to yeah so just be mindful of that i've seen trim, a, a bunch of examples i yeah. can bring up but to generalize it it's just youth ministry is yeah. the easiest it is um, it is
1: the easiest go-to because i mean that's kind of where it starts in a sense of course you can start sooner with collaboration but it seems like the the maturity in what you can do um or i, I guess not the maturity uh the extent to what you can do in collaboration with these students, uh, is pretty awesome. Like I remember we went out and, uh, did some street evangelism with mm-hmm. uh, some of the students and some of those students were the very uh, students that you're talking about that became leaders, you know, a part of the youth group. And like you said, it was just like this whole effect where, you know, it came right back around You where, you know, we invested in them and we equipped them and trained them. You literally had a time beforehand of like, here's some questions you can ask. Here's some things that you can tell them. This this is what you can encourage them with. This is, you can pray with them, you know, all those different things. Right. And it ended up, you know, leading them to be trained up to be, you know, leaders and consecutively in, in the youth group. And I think that's, you know, one of the the cool things that you and I've witnessed, you know, in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um I can't really think of anything else other than that because youth ministry was super impactful when it came to that because you just, you just see it happen all the time where you invest in someone or even myself like for my testimony I was invested into and the same thing happened to me like where I started, you know, serving in in youth group as well. So it's just I mean, it's easy to see in in a church setting when you when you invest in somebody and, and you see kind of circle back. It's kind of cool.
0: This has slowly evolved into a conversation on discipleship. So it makes me think that in the next few episodes we should we should address discipleship cool. as uh, the body of Christ and as creatives and leaders and even think about discipling in unconventional ways mm. that most that the church on on average, would go, hey, you can't disciple like that. Yeah. And then you go, why? And they don't have any biblical backing. Sure. It's just that culturally, they've never seen it. Mm. So I think there's a tremendous opportunity to disciple. We'll talk about that maybe
1: in coming episodes. Are there any closing thoughts before we shut this down? I guess one, th- one thought that came to my mind was that You know, when you're collaborating uh, with a group or with, you know, we kind of talked about with, um, you know, the music industry, there's, you know, producers, there's engineers with, um, you know, with uh, entertainment, with like film and such like that. There's um, there's film crews, there's, you know, editing teams and all that, you know, you're investing in people's gifts, you know, in their giftings. Um, and you don't solely rely on yourself to try to do it all, if that makes sense. And I think that's one of the the coolest parts about collaboration is that you're empowering people to use their gifts that God has given them in order to train them up and equip them to equip others and also to en- encourage others in their faith. And I think that's that's really the the big part about um, being in community as we kind of like close off this this series is that you're investing in people to equip them in their giftings and their calling and it's encouraging and that's how you build community is by investing in people loving on people pointing people towards Jesus by you know empowering them in their giftings and it's it's really cool when you see it play out you see people that are so encouraged so on fire for Jesus because They were invested into, they Mm -hmm. were, they felt like they belonged. They felt like, you know, this is a family. This is a community that I'm, I'm comfortable with to the point where I, I can be as vulnerable as I can be. Like I can be in my weakest season of life. I can be in my strongest, most, you know, on fire season of life. And it's all because people invested into me and they communicated with me. I feel connected because, you know, we did this collaborative effort uh, and and they poured into me. And so I just think, you know, to to cap this off, um, it's cool when you can invest in people and you take small steps of obedience towards somebody and you watch it play out and see Mm -hmm. how it unifies your your team. So, yeah. Or your family.
0: One last statement. You never know how one collaboration can tremendously impact uh, not just one community, but multiple communities mm. that ring into the future and have uh, ripple effects into the generations to come. You never know how one collaboration can do that. So be thoughtful, be careful, be intentional and prayerful about who you collaborate with. All right. Good conversation. It's good enough for me. See ya. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to today's Above Approach Church podcast. If you've benefited from this content or this ministry in any way, there are a number of ways you can support what we're doing to help people move towards Jesus. We're completely funded by generous supporters like you, so if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can head to aboveapproachministry.com slash donate, and you can give through debit or credit card, you can give through PayPal, Venmo, Patreon, or even just mail a check to P.O. Box 338, Green Cove Springs, Florida 32043 or grab some of our church merch to represent Jesus on your body wherever you go. Either way, while you're on the website, check out all of our free resources, our online church, my book Fruitful, as well as everything else going on in our online ministry. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep moving towards Jesus.